This is Growing Boulder. I'm Mark Middleton along with Bill Schaefer. And you know, Bill, these days it is good to have a job of any sort, which makes it even more difficult to leave your job if you want to chase your dream. But that's exactly what Scott Weiss did. Yeah, he's a fascinating guy. He's always had this dream, Mark, of of owning his own business. And when he invented a new type of pool skimmer, well, he had to dive right in, pardon the pun, but it's been a struggle. And he hasn't made it yet, but amazingly, the guy is having the time of his life. You can either drop it or toss it. The bottom part sinks, the top part floats, and you just pull it through. And as you can see, it collects a lot more debris. Scott Weiss is cleaning his pool and he's chasing his dreams. I will never give up doing this uh, because I believe in it. The idea is simple, but Weiss believes revolutionary. If you want to get the center part, just toss it in. Pretty simple. It is the parachute skimmer, and like many of life's greatest inventions, it's designed to save time and effort. It's kind of like a push broom for your pool. My pool's basically the size of my driveway. If my pool's covered in debris, why should I use something that's basically the size of a witch's broom to, to sweep the whole pool when I can use something like a push broom? Like most startup entrepreneurs, Weiss has had to do literally everything himself, from design to manufacturing to sales and distribution. He even taught himself to sew. I got a sewing 101 <laughs> to learn how to sew. Uh, What's the hardest part about sewing? Threading the needle, especially as I get older, because I <laughs> can't see the hole. Like many dreams, this one was born in a garage. It's here that Scott refines his designs and manufactures and packages each and every skimmer. He has three different versions, residential, commercial for larger pools, and industrial for lakes, canals, and golf courses. When people see the product, they love it, and it's just, it's so hard to get a new product on the shelf. And that's probably been the most difficult thing, is trying to, you continually have to prove yourself. You continually have to prove the design. The parachute skimmer was voted best new pool cleaning product at a regional trade show. But because he has no money for advertising or marketing, he relies on media coverage. Always looking for free exposure in newspapers, trade magazines, and on TV. Divers in the murky waters. He recently got an unexpected boost when he donated several skimmers to a search team that was looking for the remains of a missing child. Tell me about your dragnet you've got with you. Okay, this is a dragnet from a local local person that produces these right around the corner. And uh, I'll tell you, they came in really, really handy. And they have a new tool donated by local inventor Scott Wise using what he calls the parachute skimmer. If it helps find evidence or uh, can help solve this case, that'd be fantastic. Sales are picking up, but it's still a daily struggle. It's been extremely difficult financially um, and uh, emotionally and uh, having good friends that are supportive and uh, family that's supportive, that's been extremely helpful. Is there a single frustration that, that's bigger than the others? Is there one thing that you need if someone could say, Scott, here you go, what would that be? A lot of money? Yes, working capital. Yeah. To do the trade shows, to do the advertising, I've not been able to advertise this. Despite the struggles, Scott says working for himself, chasing his dream is worth it. I win the lottery every day because I'm doing what I would do if I won the lottery and didn't have to worry about money. I'd still invent, I'd still try to make the world a little better. I'd try to make things easier. Hut two. 
high. Hey, high five. And what does he say to other would-be entrepreneurs? Why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you pursuing your dream? Because you don't, you don't have such a short time on this earth and, and do what you want to do, pursue your dream. One of the reasons I named the invention the parachute skimmer was because of taking the risk of kind of stepping off the cliff and going into business for myself. I thought, well, this is my parachute. Of course, it always helps if your parachute actually works. This is okay, but it's not nearly as good as the parachute skimmer. Thank you very much. You know, a quick update, Bill. Scott loaded some parachute skimmers into his car, and he drove to the Gulf Coast to donate his time trying to help clean up the BP oil spill. Uh, and his skimmers work so well that several different organizations now considering incorporating them into their efforts. You know, it's amazing what he's done, all because he's not afraid to chase his dream. And somebody else who's done the same is Stephen Goldman. Here's a guy who made a fortune in a technology business. Then he retired in the year 2000 to begin a second life as a composer and a philanthropist. Well, we were with him on one very unusual night, created by and for a very remarkable man. The Orlando Philharmonic is not only tuning up, they're fired up. So the musicians are highly motivated to get this right tonight. The man they're all anxious to please is Steve Goldman. One of the most wonderful th philanthropists and lovers of music that uh, Central Florida could ever have. I'm not sure the orchestra would have made it without Steve Goldman's really substantial, committed financial and, and moral support. Goldman was an early tech titan who designed computer hardware and ran his own company for 25 years. And uh, I was able to sell that business in the, at the end of 1999, and since then I've just been involved with the arts and the sciences. But tonight is not about recognizing Goldman's generosity, it's about honoring his artistic creativity. Goldman is a composer, and he's commissioned the entire orchestra to help realize his dream. We're here to record a piece that I've been working on for a while called Acadian Dance, and we're doing it with the Orlando Philharmonic, 85-piece um, orchestra. Very exciting, it's a lot of people, a lot of parts, they've all got to be perfectly correct or it won't work. This is his idea of fun, is spending $25,000 to hire the Orlando Philharmonic to play some, some tunes that he had in his head. Uh, is this costing you an arm and a leg? No, just an arm. <laughs> oh, it's a very nice piece, very interesting piece. Yeah. yeah, Steve's put a lot of work into it, as it shows. It's really interesting, and it's fun to play a new composition and, and bring your own ideas to it, not depend on what other musicians have done with it previously. As friends and invited guests are escorted to their seats, Goldman runs over the piece with first horn and general manager Mark Fisher. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add a G right there. A G? Are you serious? Yeah. Good morning in here. Two minutes, folks! Soon the doors are shut and the session begins. After several starts and stops, the orchestra breaks and Goldman huddles with conductor Christopher Wilkins. I keep coming back to this question. Is that with passion? Is it elegant? Is it uh, mysterious? I think that's... We, we added a little more passion last time, and I thought it was better. I thought it was better, too, yeah. Okay. And, and the so tuning we'll is off on a couple of the notes. Yeah, yeah we'll do that slowly. Yeah. From there, it's off to a small room where engineer Kendall Thompson is recording every note. 
Like coaches at halftime, they review the tape and make adjustments. One of the things I'm hearing is the string sound going straight up. The musicians are called back and this play and replay, record and review process is repeated until every part of Goldman's piece has been covered. The ideal thing is once we know we're covered to go back and then play it again, trusting more that it's all in place and that we can just breathe into it and, and let it sing and, and soar. And soar it does, pleasing the audience, the orchestra, the conductor, and most importantly, the composer. Oh, it's awesome. Really is. There's no, <clears throat> I don't think there's anything as exciting as, as that. I wish everybody could experience it just once. I love the piece. It's, it's, it's got this sort of Baroque feel to it. It's really good. It's a sweet tune, isn't it? It's Acadian dances, it has a kind of bucolic feeling and has some tip of the hat to the classic masters, I think, and a little bit of Schubert, a little bit of Beethoven, a little bit of Dvorak, but also some real surprising twists and turns and, and uh, variations of color that are just Steve's and humor, a little bit whimsical, quite, quite sweet. I think it's quite open-hearted. It's a lot like Steve. Tonight, Steve Goldman finally got the music out of his head and onto a CD to be enjoyed by others, demonstrating that he's not only a composer of great music, but also a great life. Life's never over until it's over, and uh, you don't have to get stuck in, in a rut. You can keep trying different things, and I think that's what makes it really worth living. If, when you stop learning and you stop growing, then you know, that's, that's the end of it. Boy, did you catch that, folks? When you stop learning and you stop growing, that's the end of it, Bill. We couldn't have said it better ourselves. Mr. Goldman, proof that when you give back, you get back. And you've also got to hand it to him for doing this, Mark, helping inspire and educate the next generation of composers by creating and funding the Young Composers Challenge. And you may have heard of that. It's a nationwide program in which young composers come together to learn from the best and compete to get their compositions polished and performed by a major symphony orchestra, Stephen Goldman, an amazing man.